Section 60 of Stories and Pictures. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Violet Blue of Albertville. Stories and Pictures by I. L. Peretz. Translated by Helena Frank. Section 60 Between Two Mountains between the rabbi of brisk and the rebbe of biale a simka stora tale told by an old teacher part one of course you have heard of the brisk rabbi and the biale rebbe but it is not every one who knows that the holy man of biale reb noachke was at one time the brisk rabbi's pupil that he studied a good couple of years with him then disappeared for another two and finally emerged from his voluntary exile as a distinguished man in biala and he left for this reason they studied the torah with the brisk rabbi only the rebbe felt that it was dry torah for instance one learns about questions regarding women or about meat in milk or else about a money matter very well reuben and simone come with a dispute or there comes a maid-servant or a woman with a question of ritual and that very moment the study becomes a delight it is alive and is there for a purpose but like this without them the rebbe felt the torah that is the body of the torah the explanation what lies on the surface is dry that he felt is not the law of life torah must live the study of kabbalah books was not allowed in brisk the brisk rabbi was a misnagid and by nature revengeful and relentless as a serpent if any one ventured to open a zohar the pardis he would scold and put him under a ban somebody was caught reading a kabbalah book and the rabbi had his beard shaven by gentiles what do you think the man became distraught fell into a melancholy and what is more wonderful no good jew was able to help him the brisk rabbi was no trifle i can tell you and how was any one just to get up and go away from his academy reb noachke couldn't make up his mind what to do for a long time then he was shown a dream he dreamed that the brisk rabbi came in to him and said come noach i will take you into the terrestrial garden of eden and he took his hand and led him away thither they came into a great palace there were no doors and no windows in this palace except for the door by which they came in and yet it was light for the walls as it seemed to the rebbe were of crystal and gave out a glittering shine and so they went on further and further and one saw no end to it hold on to my skirt said the brisk rabbi there are halls without doors and without number and if you let go of me you will be lost forever the rebbe obeyed and they went further and further and the whole way he saw no bench no chair no kind of furniture nothing at all there is no resting here explained the brisk rabbi one goes on and on and he followed and every hall was longer and brighter than the last and the walls shone now with this colour and now with that here with several and there with all colours but they did not meet a single human being on their way the rebbe grew weary walking he was covered with perspiration a cold perspiration he drew cold in every limb beside which his eyes began to hurt him from the continual brilliancy and then came over him a great longing a longing after jews after companions after all israel it was no trifle not meeting a single soul 
long after no one said the brisk rabbi this is a palace for me and for you and you will also some day be rabbi of brisk and the other was more terrified than ever and laid his hand against the wall to help himself from falling and the wall burnt him only not as fire burns but as ice burns rabbi he gave a cry the walls are ice simply ice the brisk rabbi was silent and the other cried again rabbi take me away hence i do not wish to stay alone with you i wish to be with all israel and hardly had he said it when the brisk rabbi disappeared and he was left alone in the palace he knew of no way no in and no out a cold terror struck him from the walls and the longing for a jew to see a jew if only a cobbler or a tailor waxed stronger and stronger he began to weep lord of the world he begged take me away from here better in gehenna with all israel than here one by himself and immediately there appeared before him a common jew with the red sash of a driver around him and a long whip in his hand the jew took him silently by the sleeve led him out of the palace and vanished such was the dream that was sent him when he woke before daylight when it had scarcely begun to dawn he understood that this had been no ordinary dream he dressed quickly and hastened toward the house of study to get his dream interpreted by the learned ones who passed the night there on his way through the market however he saw a covered wagon standing then beside it the driver with a red sash round the waist a long whip in his hand and altogether just such a jew as the one who had led him out of the palace in his dream noach it struck him there was something behind the coincidence went up to him and asked whither drives a jew not your way answered the driver very roughly well tell me anyway he continued perhaps i will go with you the driver considered a little and then answered and can't a young fellow like you go on foot he asked go along with you your way and whither shall i go follow your nose answered the driver it is not my business the rebbe understood and now began his exile a few years later as before said into publicity in biala how it all happened i won't tell you now although it's enough to make anyone open his mouth and ears and about a year after this happened a biala householder reb yehiel his name was sent for me as a teacher at first i would not accept the post of teacher in his house you must know that reb yehiel was a rich man of the old-fashioned type he gave his daughters a thousand gold pieces dowry and contracted alliances with the greatest rabbis and his latest daughter-in-law was a daughter of the rabbi of brisk you can see for yourself that if the brisk rabbi and the other connections were misnagdim, Reb Yehiel had to be a misnagid too. And I am a Biale Chosid. Well, how could I go into a house of that kind? And yet I felt drawn to Biale. You can fancy the idea of living in the same town as the Rebbe. After a good deal of seesawing, I went and reb yehiel himself turned out to be a very honest pious jew and i tell you his heart was drawn to the rebbe as if with pincers he was no learned man himself and he stared at the rabbi of brisk as a cock looks at a prayer-book he made no objections to my holding to the biali rebbe only he would have nothing to do with him himself and when i told him when i told anything about the rebbe he would pretend to yawn and i could see that he pricked up his ears but his son the son-in-law of the brisk rabbi would frown and look at me with mingled anger and contempt only he never argued he was silent by nature 
and it came to pass on a day that reb yehiel's daughter-in-law the brisk rabbi's daughter was expecting the birth of her first child well there is nothing new in that you say but thereby hangs a tale it was well known that the brisk rabbi because he had shaved a chosid that is caused him to be deprived of beard and earlocks was made to suffer by the prominent rebbes both his sons not of you be it said died within five or six years and not one of his three daughters had a boy besides which every child they bore nearly cost them their life every one saw and knew that it was a visitation of the great rebbes on the brisk rabbi only he himself for all his clear-sightedness did not see it he went on his way as before carrying on his opposition by means of force and bands i was really sorry for gutella that was the name of the rabbi's daughter really sorry first a jewess secondly a good jewess such a good kind soul as was never known not a poor girl was married without her assistance a silken creature and she was to be punished for her father's outburst of anger and therefore as soon as i heard the midwife busy in the room i wanted to move heaven and earth for them to send to the biala rebbe if only a note without a money offering after all it wasn't as if he needed money the biala rebbe never thought much of money but whom was i to speak with i tried on with the brisk rabbi's son-in-law and i know very well that his soul is bound up with her soul that he has never hid from himself that domestic happiness shone out of every corner out of every word and deed but he is the brisk rabbi's son-in-law he spits goes away and leaves me standing with my mouth open i go to reb yehiel himself and he answers it is the brisk rabbi's daughter i could not treat him like that not even if there was peril of death heaven forbid i try his wife a worthy soul but a simple one and she answers if my husband told me to do so i would send the rebbe my holiday headkerchief and the earrings at once they cost a mint of money but without his consent not a copper farthing not a tassel but a note what harm could a note do without my husband's knowledge nothing she answers as a good jewess should answer and turns away from me and i see that she only does it to hide her tears a mother the heart knows her heart has felt the danger but when i heard the first cry i ran to the rebbe myself shemaya he answered me what can i do i will pray give me something for her rebbe i implore anything a coin a trifle an amulet it would only make matters worse which heaven forbid he replied where there is no faith such things only do harm and she would have none what could i do it was the first day of tabernacles there was nothing i could do for her i might as well stay with the rebbe i was like a son of the house i thought i will look imploringly at the rebbe every minute perhaps he will have compassion one heard things were not going on well everything had been done graves measured hundreds of candles burnt in the synagogue in the house of study and a fortune given away in charity what remains to be told all the wardrobes stood open a great heap of coins of all sorts lay on the table and the poor people came in and took away all who wished what they wished as much as they wished i felt it all deeply rebbe i said it is written almsgiving delivers from death and he answered quite away from the matter perhaps the brisk rabbi will come and in that instant there walks in reb yehiel he never spoke to the rebbe any more than if he hadn't seen him shemaiah he says to me 
and catches hold of the flap of my coat. There is a cart outside. Go, get into it, and drive to the brisk rabbi. Tell him to come. And he was evidently quite aware of what was involved, for he answered, Let him see for himself what it means. Let him say what is to be done. And he looked. What am I to say? A corpse is more beautiful than he was. Well, I set off, and thinking, I thought to myself, if Rebbe knows that the brisk rabbi expects to come here, something will result. Perhaps they will make peace, that is, not the brisk rabbi with the Biala Rebbe, for they themselves were not at strife, but their followers. Because really, if he comes, he will see us. He has eyes in his head. But heaven, it seems, will not suffer such things to come to pass so quickly, and set hindrances in my way. Hardly had I driven out of Biala when a cloud spread itself out over the sky, and what a cloud! A heavy black cloud like soot! And there came a gust of wind as though spirits were flying abroad, and it blew from all sides at once. A peasant, of course, understands these things. He crossed himself and said that the journey, might heaven defend us, would be hard, and pointed with his whip to the sky. Just then came a stronger gust of wind, tore the cloud as you tear a piece of paper, and began to blow one bit of it to one side, and one to the other, as if it were parting ice flows on a river. I had two or three piles of cloud over my head. I wasn't at all frightened at first. It was no new thing for me to be wet through, and I am not alarmed at thunder. It never thunders at tabernacles, and secondly, after the Rebbe's shofar blowing, we have a tradition that after the shofar blowing, thunder has no power to harm for a whole year. But when the rain suddenly gave a lash across the face like a whip, once, twice, thrice, my heart sank into my shoes. I saw that heaven was against me, driving me back. And the peasant, too, begged, Let us go home! But I knew there was peril of death. I sat on the cart and heard through the storm the moans of the woman and the crack of the husband's finger-joints. He wrings his hands, and I see Reb Yehiel's dark face with the sunken, burning eyes. Drive on, he says. Drive on, and we drive on. And it pours and pours. It pours from above and splashes from below, from underneath the wheels and the horse's feet, and the road is swamped, literally covered with water. The water frothed, the cart seemed to swim. What am I to tell you? Besides that, we lost our way, but I lived through it. I brought back the brisk rabbi by the great Hosanna. End of section 60 Recording by Violet Blue of Albertville